Hey everybody, I'm Patrick. And I'm Matt. And we're, and we're almost, almost famous. famous. So, so uh, my life has not changed. Yeah, my life has like yeah. literally not changed um, at all, uh, even in the slightest bit, except for the fact that I have conversations with people about how life is changing. For everyone. I can relate to that. That being said, uh, I have had to stockpile on some goods. And by goods, I mean enough to fill my freezer where I had to take things out of packages in order to fit all the things into the freezers. So, but I'm, I'm curious, why did you do that? Uh, but I don't mean this in like a, I but I don't mean that in like a judgmentally, no, like no, derogatory or, you know, no, 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 no offense taken. Pejorative sort okay. of way. I just mean it like a, why, why? Yeah. Why did you do that? Like, what, what prompted you well, to do that? Well, uh, first off, we wanted to avoid having to go out in general, mm -hmm. right? I mean, ju just take that little step further and like, oh, well, if we can stockpile up like, you know, a couple weeks worth of groceries or more to make sure we've got lots of food in the house, it just helps us prevent having to go out. And yeah, that's really the main reason uh, that and our local butchers got some really good meats and I wanted to just buy all of them. Mm. So that is another factor. But so you get all of your yeah. like, like your frozen stuff is all meat. So you get yeah, your meat from meat a butcher. Vegetables. Meat and vegetables. Yeah. You freeze vegetables. Uh, yeah, we get them because so... I don't know. I just think it, there's nothing wrong with frozen vegetables. I think you can take vegetables, you can freeze them, you can unfreeze them, thaw, if you will. Sure. Uh, yes. And then, <laughs> and what I use is, um, you know, you know the uh, the salad spinner. You know that thingy. The salad spinner. Yeah, you like yes, push yes. the top. And it oh, those are great. I love those. Yeah, they're great. So what I do, oh, and and well, I shouldn't say I. I mean, Cassandra covers almost all of this all the time whether I, like she's like go code and i'll make all the food and i'm like okay if that's what you want and uh we'll, we'll put the frozen vegetables in that and spin them so it gets rid of all the excess water um once they're thawed and that way you don't end up with like soggy broccoli and stuff like that because mm. that's the only downside to frozen vegetables is sometimes they can get a little soggy and this to me is a good trick to get rid of the sogginess factor. Right. So then it's, you know, better, but no, I don't have any problem freezing vegetables. Right on. That's my problem. Freezing vegetables is that they always end up so getting soggy when you thaw them. Yeah. Um, spin. And I don't mind like frozen vegetables from, uh, from a department, like from a grocery store because they yeah. flash freeze them. So when you yeah. thaw them out, they're not really soggy. They're just, um, like dry frozen. Left, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whenever I try and freeze them myself, they mm. tend to get soggy. Yeah, no, no. We buy the frozen packages. We don't buy the uh, like freezer. I mean, we will if we had to, but generally speaking, any of our leftovers end up in the fridge and are gone within a day or two. Mm. Like if they just, we don't pre cook that much food. That's too much work. <laughs> in general yeah we're uh we're uh, a night by night family <laughs> yeah i think most people are but it it, it was kind of crazy to me because like our gross our local grocery store like we live in a small town and the grocery store was just gutted in like two days mm -hmm. like like all vegetables fruits whatever you can possibly think of was just like if if it, it's like it evaporated from the whole building yeah. and, and they're like, well, we don't know when we're going to get more. <laughs> and that's and so, that's, that's so interesting to me. Um, uh, this is a lot of this is very interesting to me. Um, um, because I, I, and I said, I, I mentioned it before, like nothing has changed for me except for having, and I, I said annoying conversations. I don't mean that like people are annoying just that like, right. it seems like everybody's talking about a thing that I just like cannot relate with. Um, and I think yeah. it's that, that, that the, the fact that I can't relate with it, that makes it, uh, um, like not, uh, annoying in like a, uh, like a buzzing insect kind of way, but just like, a 
like why don't I get this type type of annoying, you know, like, like a frustrating, yeah. like, why, why don't, why don't I get this? Um, because like, like I have been to the store a couple of times to get, you know, like we ran out of um, children's ibuprofen. So I had to run out and grab right. some children's ibuprofen. And like, normally we get like the name brand stuff, but I had to get like the, 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 the Publix brand, the, yeah, the yeah. store brand, you know, which whatever, it's the same exact ingredients. So it doesn't matter really truly um aside from just like brand recognition and like that feeling inside your head that you have something that mm-hmm. works or whatever um but anyway um i like i just didn't notice like i and you know i don't typically do grocery shopping i don't typically do any of that but to me it's like i haven't really noticed i haven't really encountered i should say any of the pains and hardships that other people seem to be prepping for like I went to um, I went to Target and I got some paper towels because we just happened to run out, and right. there were like two there were only two packages of paper towels left of the kind that we bought, right? Um, and so I, I grabbed one. I didn't need two. I don't want to try and find space for the other one, so I just grabbed <laughs> the one I wanted, the one I needed, and I got up to the register and the guy was like, "Oh, you 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 found one," and I'm like, "Well, there was two back there, but." I only needed one. So and, and I, got, I promise I'm, I'm, I'm actually out of paper towels. Um, and he laughed and, you know, we had a, yeah. a you know, a little, ba- you know, funny back and forth about it. But, uh, but the, I, I will say the toilet paper aisle was completely cleaned out and I mean, we don't have toilet paper, but you know, yeah. it's like, it's just strange to me because like people are, you know, perhaps, I don't want to, I, I mean, I think a lot of people are saying like, oh, I don't know, you know, like people are buying up all this stuff, they're hoarding it, you know, like, well, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know about all the connotations that are insinuated behind that, that kind of, yeah. of, of what people are doing. Um, but it's kind of like what you're saying with like, you, your freezer's full, you have to take things out of packages to make it fit, stuff like that. I, 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 I kind of, I mean, I understand that you want to, it's not that something's going to run out. It's that you want to hurry up and stockpile a bunch so you don't have to leave your house again. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and while I, and while I get that, I feel like um, people are missing the social responsibility aspect of that of like, Oh yeah. I, I have like, I have a family and we're not stockpiling anything, but again, right. like I could have bought both of those packages of paper towels right but i, but I yeah. only I, I knew i only needed one right i just got one and like yeah. somebody else will get that other one it's like i went to the, the i went there and there was no toilet paper and mm-hmm. what if we needed it we have three kids right. like what if we needed toilet paper and, and somebody else like understandably wanting to you know build up a, res, a reserve of toilet paper or whatever they you know whatever the thing is that whatever they, it is they need yeah um you know, understandably so wanting to build up that reserve so they don't have to, you know, leave and potentially, um, you know, risk uh, getting the virus and not knowing it and bringing it home and spreading it to their family and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, like, um, you know, perhaps pulling back just a touch and like only taking what you need, you know? Yeah. I mean, we were, I was doing groceries before... It wasn't even before. It was around the same time as a lot of places started getting kind of purged of everything. And uh, I I went to the one grocery store that's like 30 minutes out of town um, because we, like our local one just doesn't tend to have all, all of the stuff we like to get. And uh, when I was there, their, now their store was filled with toilet paper and everything. And I grabbed one pack of it, but that's because ours was already like half empty and I'm like, eh, why not? That's what I would do if I was normally grocery shopping is I'd fill that up. And I, I actually posted this morning on Facebook saying, Oh my gosh, we're down to 27 rolls. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? Cause, um, like, I don't, you know, I, I get, I get the idea of stockpiling some stuff. I think that's smart. I think avoiding, you know, if you don't have to go to the grocery store, that's better. You know, if you don't have to go to places where people are in and out all the time, everything else, it's better off. I mean, it's the same reason why they're saying avoid groups of more than 50, 
right? Um, so I get that part. The hoarding thing is just a little overkill. Like I, I was reading a, a tweet the other day that was saying um, there's been a surge, no joke, a surge in um, in uh, like those bomb shelter kits that you can buy. Like you can build your own remote bomb shelter. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> That's had a surge in sales yeah. all because there are people who think what like this is this is the end of civilization and it's more like this is a really crappy virus and it's really sad what it's doing but at the same time we're going to get through it <laughs> like yeah. it's uh yeah i don't know where else to take that point <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm I, I the, the older I get, the more I feel very emotionally removed mm. from mainstream what what I would see as the mainstream vibe that right. I get from society. Um I, I don't know if that has to do with like my own particular path or my my own personality quirks. Like I don't, you know, like we we were actually talking about this this morning. And my wife is a she's a she's a worrier. She just worries. It's not it's not like it doesn't get in the way of anything or destroy our lives. You know, it's not it's not you know terrible terrible. But um, but you know, like last night, she was worried. Um, our son has a little bit of a fever, and our daughter had a fever. It's nothing serious, like right. not exposed or anything. But they just got a little bit of a fever, um, and she just wanted to lay with him to make sure that he was okay for the night. So she slept um, out on the the couch in the in the loft area with him, and um, um you know, gave him medicine and yeah, you know, yada, yada, yada. She's just, she's a warrior. Yeah. Um, and I am not, not that I don't care. Like I'm still concerned no. about his health, of you know, course. obviously. Um, and I would have, I, if it, I mean, if it were me that was doing all of like the medicine giving and everything like that, I probably would have set an alarm and, and, you know, just woken up in the middle of the night to check him and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't have like slept next to him or, you know, it's just, um, I am not, I, I guess I don't, I don't get consumed by um, abnormalities. I think that's yeah. maybe the best way to put it, like in sort of a super neutral way. Um, yeah. like, so if something, if something abnormal doesn't, uh, or something out of the ordinary happens, I don't get consumed with it um, in a way that I see some other people not to say that my wife is panicking or that, you know, no. anything close yeah. to that, but, but it's, it's like a personal example of, uh, you know, anyway, I just don't, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very short to, I'm very, um, I, I don't panic almost ever. Uh, right. I, I, my, my automatic response to events that are to induce panic or perhaps my panic response is that like everything gets really, really slow and I get ultra calm. Right. I feel like I'm where I belong when right. there's like a emergency urgent situation. And, uh, and I, I just execute. That's just like, you know, yeah, that's everything it's, in my head. Yeah, so like, when, when something like this happens, it's like, okay, well, I'm not really, not that I'm not concerned about other people and their health and, and preventing them. No. From thicker. You know, not to say anything about that. Um, but, I'm not concerned about this virus because I don't have it. And if I get it, I will take the necessary steps to prevent its transmission to others. And I will right. do what it takes to heal myself. Right. And, you know, so it's like, I'm only, I only need to deal with the things that I'm dealing with right now. Life is already hard enough. Right. You know, like, I don't need to. I don't want to don't, take on imaginary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Like, like my mom, and my, I think this is maybe where, where it comes from with me is like my mom was a big worrier. She worries a lot. Mm. Um, she used to worry about everything I did all the time. She's afraid I was going to get hurt. She's afraid of this and afraid of that. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, not like, again, not like psycho psychopathy or anything like that. It was like just normal mom stuff. She's just worried about her kid. Right. Naturally. Um, 
but I always saw it as like, what does that change? Like, I don't know, in my head, I always had that thought of like, what does your worry change? Mm. You know, does it actually help? I mean, being concerned helps, but you Mm. can be concerned and not worried, you know, like, of course. So does, this is, this is probably another way that I look at like stress too. It's like, does being stressed out help? No, help you yeah. do anything. I mean, I'm not talking about the uh, you know autonomic stress response that we have to things that does help. Right, like, it can make you more alert. It can make you you know whatever all sorts of other high focus, blah blah yeah, blah, yeah. etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But does the but but does occupying your thoughts with worrisome things or nervous thoughts or negative thoughts? I mean, this is like kind of like the crux of it for me is does does occupying your thoughts with negative things right um aid you in your the task you have ahead of you see i i would argue no obviously but the the second part of that is i and this is actually what i find happens with me in a lot of you know high stressy or potentially stressful situations is my brain will often look at the situation and and i'm not talking in like high intensity real time have to solve the problem immediately. I'm talking about, you know, for example, this COVID-19 situation, my brain has just looked at the various situations of where are we right now? What did we want to do this year? What are the things going on? And then how do I handle the different possible situations? Like we canceled our trips for this year because they were going to be in April and May. And it's like, well, that's just, duh right at this point we can't even leave the country apparently so that's fine uh and i'm okay with that (laughs) and um and then i thought about things like okay well what you know if if i were to come down with it then i would you know quarantine myself separately and uh there's a variety of it's like instead of getting overwhelmed and and overtaken by the stress i find that when these sort of things happen or these situations arise, one of my strategies, I guess, of helping myself not get overwhelmed by any of it is to just simply look at it and say, all right, well, what are my worst case scenarios? You know, what, what if I have to take time off of work? How do I balance the books on that? And how do I, you know, get through that process, right? And I, I feel like that can be the one benefit to, getting worried about stuff. You know I mean? That's like the potential benefit of worry. Concern is a whole different ballgame. So I think everybody is genuinely concerned about the well-being of, of the world in this situation. Because I remember, like, I was reading a thing the other night. Um, this one doctor kind of recapped a, this report. I don't remember who it came from, but it was essentially, or he was expressing why North American governments suddenly went from zero to a hundred on every possible measure they could do. Mm -hmm. And it was because there were simulations being run saying, well, what if, you know, for example, the United States did nothing for this. What if they just let it run its course and they just sat back and said, well, you know, no biggie, you know, crap happens. Uh, the numbers that it was that the simulation was outputting was something to the effect of about 4.4 million people would die. And at a population of about 330 million, that's a, that's a fair amount. That's a large amount of people. And it was starting to show that if you were to take that number and then scale it globally, you're talking about like three times the amount of people that died during the Holocaust would die because of this. And it's like, it's obvious why we have to go so hardcore on all the measures of shutting things down and preventing travel. And well, I I was even reading about, um, I don't remember what state, but there was a guy who got, who, who was refusing to quarantine. And so the local deputies surrounded his house, (laughs) Mm -hmm. preventing him from leaving. And I guess he's now given in. And said, so, okay, fine. Before we move too far away from um, this, the, that sort of like generic, not generic, but uh, generalized statistic you gave. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of like to revisit uh, a little bit of what I was saying too, of like um, the, the whole idea between concern and worry. And yeah. I just like to perhaps bring up the point um, that like, I think it's, I think it's interesting the way we phrase things. So the mm. way that that was phrased by that scientist or whatever, that doctor or research group was that like three, what did you say? Three times the number of people as we yeah, were. It something to that effect. I, I can't, it was three times, it would be equal to three times the deaths of the Holocaust. And, and right. yeah, it's the comparative, right? But I, but I wonder, this is, this is just me. Like, I'm not trying to discredit anybody. I'm not trying to no. be like a conspiracy theorist or like a, well, that's not a big deal kind of person. Right. I think that's still a big deal. I will say, yeah. I'm just going to, I'll cap it. I'll cap it with that. But I would also like to, um, point out a couple of critical items or critical thought items. What demographics are we talking about in those fatalities? And do they have more to do, does that have more to do with the fact that we are seeing higher rates of um, longevity in humans? And therefore there's a larger um, elderly population that are perhaps more susceptible to these kinds of diseases. So this is, and this is, this is the point that I'm driving at is that regular old healthy strapping young men like you and I, right. (laughs) Are being, you know, with families and lives and careers and and things to worry about are, you know, perhaps already overwhelmed on a day-to-day basis. Um, Getting in this new overwhelming information that, you know, this is a potentially ultra dangerous, ultra deadly, blah, 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 you know, et cetera, et cetera, right. virus um, with, with the, with, with a possible fatality rate uh, on projections yeah. of, you know, it, it, you, you, you see the hysteria building here. Oh but, yeah. But, but looking at the, the, the bare bones science and facts of it, you could as like, and this is where this is sort of twofold for me. Um, the first fold is, <laughs> that there's a critical thought element here that I think um, is missing generally from everyone. And I'm not saying that people don't have critical thoughts or have the capability of critical thoughts. I think we're all very busy and we have lives and critical thought is not something that um, like we engage in uh, as a, as a default. Uh, I think you kind of have to like practice it in order to have it be your default. Um, My background getting a degree in philosophy probably jumpstarted that for me. but the the other fold of that um, is leadership. That proper leadership, and and I'm not talking about any specific government or political party or any. I mean, I'm like, yeah, it, like literally has nothing to do with politics. So don't at me. Um, <laughs> but just leadership in general, your boss, managers, yeah. your friends, your parents. I mean, anybody who's in that position of like leadership. Um, Leadership providing um, calming but realistic um, direction, guidance, and clarification, I think right. helps people come to these rational conclusions. Like, yes, we could see fatalities up to and exceeding three times the number of fatalities in the Holocaust or whatever. Yeah. And and not like a but, but <laughs> those fatalities would primarily include you know people for and, and I'm not I'm not I'm of course making assumptions here based on right. other information that I've gotten and I've looked into but and and it could I could be completely wrong it could be like all across the board, um, but uh, but you know it's like I think that we end up finding some really big scary thing to be afraid of and then we make a boogeyman yeah. out of it. And well, I think that's what makes people go and buy a thousand rolls of toilet paper. You know, <laughs> it's it's a, true. It's like, it's, but it's really funny to me because like, um, I, I, I'd like to take this back cause we are a developer podcast. So I'd like to take this back to two other little elements. If, if, if you don't mind me rambling for yeah, a yeah. couple of minutes, um, it's technical debt, you know, like, well, let's think about yeah. this in the realm of technical debt, you know, like you make some small, perhaps hacky decision to get something done today. And a month from now, that decision, that small decision has ballooned out, you know, you've, you've shot the moon and it's that small decision ended up becoming like a whole feature set based on some hacky thing. 
but now it doesn't run quickly or whatever it might be. Uh, the thing that Luis uh, tweeted about the other day, um, we were talking about that before, before he even tweeted it. Um, and, uh, but just how like using where has, uh, yeah. it, it, it uses, it uses exists. It doesn't use joins. Um, and just switching from exists to joins, like, dude, his, well, his chart was like, it, it was insane. Um, <laughs> but that's really, I mean, so, so again, it's like little things like that, little decisions that you make like that have larger effects. So right. the, the, the choosing not to make critical thinking, and I don't mean to, I don't, I'm not using critical thinking in the capital C criti critical, um, like there's this whole critical theory, like philosophy. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about generic, regular old critical thinking, you know, um, asking lots of questions about the information yeah. that you're handed um, and not, not leading questions or derogatory questions or questions to put people down, but just like real honest, just like, I'd really like to know Socratic method. Yeah. Um, but, but critical uh, practicing critical thinking on a day-to-day -day basis um, for even just little things, like what do you want for dinner? You know, like, well, what, what do you mean? What do I want for dinner? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, however you experience it, but doing that can like lead to you not buying, you know, not blowing your savings account on toilet paper when, you know, a non-diarrhea virus hits you. Um, well, you know, a perfect example of that, and this is actually in relation to, you know, I guess close to tech overall, we had the, the explosion of toilet paper purchasing had already started happening in Australia and a couple other places long before it got to Canada. And I'm talking days before but a sufficient amount of time where all of the grocery stores could have easily implemented sensible restrictions. Like you can buy two of these items. You don't need to go in with a full shopping cart in order to cause mass conundrums, right? Because all these things do is it compounds with one another, right? It all just continuously compounds. And it's the same with that sort of information you're getting at it. One bit of negative information can easily compound on top of more bits of negative information. And that can cause the panic and hysteria. And they are saying that in general, I mean, and again, I'm going on snippets of information, but they are saying in general that it is uh, uh, a virus that does predominantly hit people of an older age, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, arguably 70 and up is the high risk group. Right. Um, and then also and that just makes sense. And compromised immune system. Of course, yeah. And, yeah. And, and they are also you know. saying that one of the reasons Italy was hit so hard is because Italy has one of the oldest populations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Its broad population is just older than many other European nations. And mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I get it and I get why they're running the statistics and I get why they have to do these sort of simulations in order to jumpstart political action because political action requires large groups of people to finally agree on small acts scale and scale and scale and so it it's it's very interesting to see how uh, first i'd say it's really interesting to see how quickly global action can start to take shape um when it has to and it's also kind of the same but it's also a great example to apply maybe this is kind of what you're getting at with the tech debt this is a great example of what to look at when looking at any large scale project is being developed and worked on because you've got numerous people working together towards some objective. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you hit a critical measure, you end up with the all hands on deck. Let's all figure out how to solve the problem, except you're solving the problem that is happening here. You don't even have people on your team yet developing, you know, the vaccine in order to prevent getting back to your break point. Right. Right. Well, and, and, and to that point too, of like, let's take this back to, you know, what we know working on teams of developers is again, like going back to the idea that like, there's nothing wrong with panic. You know, there's nothing wrong yeah. with being in, being in a panic because you don't know what to do. Um, 
There's nothing so, wrong with buying a, a million rolls of toilet paper because that's like how you end up feeling like you're in control of the situation. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, there, there are some problems with you doing yeah. that because it affects other people, but I, I don't want to like, I don't want to start, you know, getting on people's cases and making them feel bad because they're just trying to find a little bit of like order in the chaos. But at the same time, like coming back to a developer workflow, like you, uh, you and I are, you know, relatively smart, um, experienced developers and we work on a project together and, but there is still a guy that is like, there's a couple of few guys that are like helping and guiding the way. And they're, you know, there are varying levels of development skill there. Um, and, and they, you know, self-admitted for them, they haven't done it in a long time or they don't know the best practices or whatever that might be, but mm -hmm. they're really there to like list out the guidelines and list out what's necessary and what we need to focus on and what we don't need to focus on. And that's kind of like what I'm, what I was saying before about leadership too, is kind of what you're saying now is like, if we look at this, like a project, when there's something critical that happens, that's when that leadership steps up and says, okay, um, there's a bit of chaos here. There's like, there, you know, we're, we're hitting a critical, um, something that, that like something has critically gone wrong or, or, you right. know, it's, we're going in the wrong direction or whatever it might be. And they will reorganize and restructure and then guide everybody. And that's what I've seen. I think, I think ultimately that's what I see happening in our society is like, we're not getting that. Like the news, uh, regardless of who you, who you watch and what, you know, what side of the spectrum, political spectrum you fall on with the whole news thing. Yeah. Watch the news. It's not like, Hey, here's a list of things you might want to get and, and don't get more than this amount, this amount so that pe other people can, can partake in it. Like, so that everybody has enough, like they could do that. They have the power. They have the yeah. audience to do that. Oh, for know? sure they have the resources to go out and be like, Hey, can we just crunch some numbers here and like give some people some basic guidelines? Um, they could do that, but they choose not to, they choose yeah. to, you know, Oh, the panic of an epidemic or this pandemic. Right. Like, can I, like, I, I just zone out, man. I go on my phone and I start <laughs> looking at gifts of cats or something because like, yeah, like not like it's, I'm tired of this fake news stuff. Right. Whatever. I, I mean, I don't, I don't subscribe to that whole thing. I think the news is there for a, a very good purpose, but not, not that it fulfills it all the time, but, um, but it's like, I don't need to be scared. I don't, I don't need to be right. frightened. You know, like I'm, if I wanted to be frightened, I would go watch, you know, a horror movie. Um, yeah. If, if I wanted to feel existential dread, I would go like read some cosmic horror. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I don't want to do that right now. I want to like be informed about my society and stuff like that. I want to find out what, what, what I need to do to, to, to better serve the people around me. And so, you know, I don't know. I just, I think that leadership is really like leadership, not across the board, obviously, like there's been some great leadership at um, the place where we both work. Um, yeah. I've, I really feel fortunate to have those people as our leaders um, because they've, they've, they've really brought some rationality and some level heads to, to a situation and made it feel like, I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like I'm just going to work every day. Yeah. Like in general, yeah. I mean, and, and that gets back to the lifestyle and how much it's changed. And thus far I, I was, I actually saw my one, this is the one developer I work with occasionally on different projects. He posted a thing saying, I don't know whether it's sad or good that COVID-19 has had zero change in my entire lifestyle period. Yeah. And I'm like, I get, I get where he's coming from. I liked that. Cause it's like, I, I know he orders lots of food and stuff like that to his house. And it's like, it's not a bad situation to be yeah. in, in that space. One thing I will say in relation to uh, information versus news and, and the, because I agree, I do think a lot of newscasts, whether or not they're, regardless of political viewpoint and, and so on, there's a lot of, um, here's what we think you should think of this instead of here's what we know. And it, it's a very slippery slope to get into all of that. And I feel sometimes that must be what it's like for developers who create large well-known you know platforms or packages and things like that it, it ha you have to start walking on a tight rope at times of do i tell everybody to do the following or 
do I just say, here's what I know and you make your own decisions. And all that being said, uh, there's a really cool website you should look at. You, I think you'd really like it. It's called ourworldindata.org. Um, it is just a massive stack of raw data. I've seen these charts before. I really, and I think I, it's been, be, like, yeah, I've enjoyed many yeah. of them and a lot of them um, provoke so many questions in my mind. And, and oh, I'm yeah. glad you told me about this because I see like the, like a, it's like a, a screenshot of like a chart and then somebody yeah. makes a point about the screenshot and it's like, yeah, but like, I want to know more about where this chart came from and what it right. says. Now, this yeah. is great. I've, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. And they on it right now, if you just go to slash COVID dash testing, yeah. um, it's actually showing the raw data on like, here are the countries, here's how mm -hmm. many tests all of them have run per population rate. Right. And I mean, this is, this is the raw data that, it, it's like you can really determine your own point of view from this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, and like the United Arab Emirates is decimating everyone in terms of performed tests per million people. Like it's, yeah. it, you know, it really outweighs us all <laughs> by a lot. Yeah. Hmm. But that's so cool. This is, yeah, this is interesting. Sorry, you like got me out. You got my brain like I know eh? some <laughs> unlike these these wild. This is great, man. Yeah, this is oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't um, you know we like wish there's like an API and you could just build a, a thing. No, I'm built. I'm building the like, API in my head. I'm already building. Oh, okay. I'm looking at all the data and I'm going like, <laughs> how can I parse this? How can I? Yeah, like, let's just. I'll just crawl the data and I'll extrapolate. What how do I turn this into like a really cool machine learning project? Ooh. <laughs> um, I, I've always, I've, I've been telling myself for a long time. Like sometimes I think like if, if I had like a regular office job and they just sent us home and like now I was just like not getting paid to do nothing, but I was like still receiving my, my regular yeah. pay on like some extended sick leave or something. And, uh, and I had time to actually do things oh, um, so all day things. long. I'm like, I would straight up go out and get like a master's certification in, in learning and like data science <laughs> yeah. because that's like my, that's my next step, honestly. Like that's, yeah. I just love that stuff so much. Um, it is so intensely interesting to me. Oh yeah. Um, uh, there's, okay. So I ran across something the other day. I, I was reading through an article and they talked about this new newer it's still in, in like invitation only alpha it's a new programming language called dark wang i think have you heard of it i have not so yeah dark lang darklang.com um a language built for deployless backends so they basically um if you look if you look at like their mission statement or whatever it's like um we have been basically programming in the same programming paradigm for like the last 50 or 100 years or whatever it might yeah. be. We've, we haven't changed base paradigm. And basically it's overly complicated. And they, they go through like this whole thing of like, you gotta start up a server and you have to have your, your primary language and then maybe some secondary tertiary languages and you have to like piece it all together um, in order to like, and you have to know, basically you have to know like all this stuff just to like put a web page up that says some things to some people. And- Oh, that's interesting. And they're like, yeah, they're like, so instead of that, like we should honestly be just trying to figure out how to change the paradigm so that um, you just write one thing in one place and you hook it together in more in a more visual conceptual way yeah. rather than needing to know like all this syntax and all like this complexity. Um, basically like um, uh, it should just be like, it should be a lot more simple. And, uh, and I just thought it was so, such an interesting idea. I mean, I don't know anything about the language. I don't know how to write it. I've, I've, I have a very cursory knowledge of what it is and what, what it's trying to accomplish. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things that's very interesting to me. I'm always interested in things like this. Like, how can we make things simpler and more right. powerful? You know, because I don't, I definitely don't want to give up um, the, 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 raw power it is to code <laughs> i mean 
it's definitely never lost on me. Um, uh, the, 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 the feeling I got the very first time I wrote any PHP, mm. I still get that feeling to this day whenever I write anything. Um, it works. It's, it's like, I, I, I am a virtual God on my computer. Mm. I'm a virtual God yeah. and I can create anything I deem, I deem pleasing to myself. You know, like yeah. it's like, it's well, like that like, feeling of like cr- uh, uh, the ultimate creator. Like I can create yeah. whatever I want. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Cause I, I want to interject on that point Yeah, yeah. because, um, I, I know what you're getting at. Cause I, I have this little robot that I have working on different things like converting video files and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't write all the stuff that goes along with it, but I built a couple components that interact with different parts. And the one uh, that does some, you know, fancy work to make it a little less, a little more streamlining with video formats, it just converts videos. But what I had it doing was deleting the original video file after it converted it, except that some of them wouldn't convert correctly. So it's like it corrupts it and then deletes the source. And I'm like, right. Crap. Whoops. <laughs> so, yeah. So I fixed that the other day and all it took me like, I think four minutes to write that. And I'm like, how crazy is that? You know, it's just, I, it kind of just hit me hard that one moment where I'm like, I just prevented the system from deleting from just from erasing something because it knew that the thing itself is corrupted because I knew how to detect what's corrupted. Yeah. And that's such a neat thing. It's, it's like it itself has no brain. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not anything. It's just a set of instructions. It does stuff that I tell it to do, but it just felt so kind of like I've got this little worker fella, you know, hiding yeah. in a box and he's just like, I take my video file, I put it over here and I convert it. And then it's like, Oh, that worked. Okay. It goes back over here now. And that's how I think about that little guy just kind of doing his thing mm-hmm. every day, all day long. Um, and yeah, that's godly. Yeah. Yeah. So back sure. to your point. Yeah. Godliness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, I don't know. I don't know that everyone feels that way, but um, I definitely don't feel any shame in saying that that's my favorite part of being uh, a programmer. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that's why machine learning and like data science, big data, um, interests me so much because it's like, what if you wrote a thing that converted video files and it detected itself the very first time it deleted a file that was corrupt? or it deleted a video file that, that, but it created a corrupted version and then deleted it. And it, and it said, well, that, if that's corrupted, nobody can use it. So I shouldn't have right. deleted that file. And then it changed itself. Oh, right. To yeah, say, okay, yeah, well, now yeah. if, if something's corrupted, I'm just not going to delete it because they're going to, yeah. somebody's going to need it. It would learn from its own mistake. Yes. Like, yeah. Like I know that's yeah. like, it's like a no, it's I know. science, it's I science know. fantasy. But it's so point. cool. But it's, it's such so a cool, cool thought. It's like, oh, yeah, could because like you have that feeling inside of yourself. It's like I can make anything. And then you think about it and you're like, I don't know how to do it. But I, <laughs> might. I, I could find a way. I let's think see, there's a good way. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be crazy cool if it I mean, if anything, you know, what you could do as a starting point, just as a fun. haha. you could technically have your code. If, if it could detect when it shouldn't do something, the first step I'd say is figuring out at what point is that code being, is, is happening. You know what I mean? You'd have to have to make the parser, like your, your, you know, pseudo machine learning entity would have to be able to then parse the code language and say, it's right here. Here is where something is going wrong. Yeah. In my, well, in my, yeah, what you, yeah, execution. what you have to do is, yeah, man. I mean, it, we're, yeah, I think you end up talking <laughs> about, um, stepping outside of thinking about things in lines of code Ooh. and execution process. And you have to start thinking about things more along the lines of like epistemological, um, <laughs> paradigms. Yeah. Where it's like, 
how do how do you tell it how to know what it knows how do you oh. get a machine to be self-reflective you know like and it's like so do you do you need a module like this and this is sort yeah. of like one of the interesting things about uh like cognitive science in philosophy that I, it's one of the things I find most interesting is this is, this is like um, the ultimate question for me. Yeah. Um, is consciousness uh, a, is consciousness a thing in and of itself or is it a byproduct of all the other processes happening around it? Yeah, no, I've read up on that. And I do think like an emergent property. Right. Yes. Is it yeah. Like, yeah. Is it an emergent yeah. property? So like, yeah, the fact that we can think about our thoughts, um, does that actually mean <laughs> anything? You know, like, right. Like this is, this is, uh, this is a struggle for me. This is a big struggle. This is a philosophical conundrum for me. So yeah. if you're a deterministic machine, like if you, if that's all humans are, if all you are is your brain, and you know your nervous system whatever yeah all you are is a set of determined decisions that play out chronologically mm -hmm. and that consciousness is just a byproduct of all of that just an emergent property that just happens to happen then everything that you know and think and believe and love and hate is just an illusion right Sorry, I got uh, Scott. This guy. I know that's he it's heavy. We no, went no, too it's, far. It's heavy. I think we went too no, far. I'm gonna no, have to mark this right as where explicit. We should be. This is so good because I'm, gonna, I agree I'm marking this episode as explicit because we've gotten <laughs> we've gone, we're gonna there's, ruin people's lives asking these kinds of questions. <laughs> there's a couple um, audiobooks that I've I've recently listened to. I, I'm gonna have to like now go through those and and share that somewhere. I'll, I'll do it on Twitter, but. Um, some of them do talk about these these aspects and uh like super intelligence is a good one um but there's there's a variety of them and it's it is a dark and winding road is the way i want to phrase that because it, it it the deeper you dig i find especially when you're digging into like the, the actual arguments of consciousness it becomes harder and harder to justify certain things and then equally harder and harder to not feel like those are legit elements like legit theories legit elements and yeah it, it's mm -hmm. i i oh it's so, so good if, if you're interested in this or if anyone listening is interested in learning more one of one of my favorite philosophers to read um and i'm not going to say he's entertaining um uh, that is up to you. Your mileage may vary on that. <laughs> but he's super smart and he's got a lot of really interesting ideas to just mentally chew on. Daniel Dennett. Uh, D-E-N-N-E-T-T. -T. Um, he does a lot of stuff on consciousness, uh, evolution. Um, it just... Uh, I, I actually have a book that I haven't read of his yet um, that I that's sitting on my shelf right now in the queue um, from bacteria to Bach and back the evolution Ooh. of minds. And it's like, I'm like salivating to get started on that book um, because it just seems so interesting to me, but that's I've been reading his really stuff good. since I was in college. Uh, and he's just, again, like I said, I don't know that I would call him like a, um, a riveting read you know you're not gonna it's not a page oh, turner yeah. but but there, i mean all that stuff is dry it's thoughtful it's, it's very yeah, it's just it thought provoking um, yeah and you're gonna get your i mean if you can if you can wade through it and you can get through it it definitely will make you think about things and come up with opinions of your own and be more informed or whatever but um but yeah i i like him he's he's uh he's he's cool um i mean cool is relative i guess you know, he's like a 77 year old philosopher. So I don't know how cool, cool. Oh, that's like as know. cool as you can get. He's not the Fonz, but. Uh... <laughs> that's funny. Um, gosh, I honestly, I want to now find like an online course that covers like machine learning fundamentals. And then I want yeah. you and me to both do it. And then we'll hold each other accountable to um, get through every aspect. Have you ever been to edX? 
I was just looking at Plural Site. That's one of the ones I found recently. It's a uh, courses.edx.org, and edX um, offers uh, a bunch of free online courses from like top universities, uh, like MIT and Berkeley, and um, like like important Harvard schools. And, yeah, like real real. And they have like a data science course and computer science stuff. And I've, I've actually been meaning to, and you don't have to pay for them. You don't have to, you obviously don't get a degree, but bonus. I mean, what's a degree? It's uh, a piece of paper. I have a, I have a degree that hangs out in my garage. It's six degrees here. Ooh. Does that count? It's six degrees. It's, of it's, separation. It's Kevin Bacon outside right now. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm fired. Um, uh, I actually got to get you to hold this for a second. Okay. Right okay. That was interesting. I heard a small scream in the background. What happened? I'll, I'll cut this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll cut that. Uh, uh, what, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to cut it. I'm just going to bleep. <laughs> I'm going to bleep it. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be, awesome. be good. That's going to be good. Now we'll get some traction. Maybe we'll, get, <laughs> maybe we'll get two listeners from Australia. <laughs> or, yeah, you know, I'll be down. Yeah, so shout out to our one listener in Australia, um, the one person who listens to us uh, either in Thailand or from a server in Thailand. Um, That's interesting. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past anybody to um, listen to us through a VPN. Uh, yeah, I would want to hide. I don't want to hide yeah. the track. <laughs> I would too. Especially if I was listening at work, I wouldn't want them to think like, oh, I bet this person listens to idiots. Um, uh, shout out to our one listener in Pakistan. I know who you are. Um, <laughs> uh, and our, wow, how many listeners do we have in Brazil? Holy cow. 8% of our listeners are from Brazil or of our downloads, I guess. Listeners, listeners. Interesting. I, I look at these transistor demographics um, yeah. and like shout out to uh, Justin Jackson. Yes, Justin Jackson. <laughs> there were so many J names in Laircon. I was like, I can't keep all these people straight. And especially since I didn't actually get to meet them in person. But yeah. shout out to Justin for this platform. This is like really cool. Uh, he has a dev part. I can't remember. I want to say last name Blake. John Buddha. John Buddha. Yeah. B-U-D-A. So I was right on the B. It's everything else. <laughs> John Buddha. Uh, and he's he's the partner for Transistor? Yeah, I think he, he does the pr he's the primary developer on the project. Gotcha. Yeah, what just I believe. Um oh, interesting. Yeah. No, like I know they've been putting a lot of effort into their platform and it's fantastic oh i remember seeing this guy yes 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 okay yeah man um it was really interesting um at laricon last year getting to hear justin talk about his sort of journey um yeah. i'm always i don't know why i'm like always interested in people's journeys we should do like a journey series where like once every other month or something we like have mm. a person come on and talk about their journey that'd um, be fun because like I don't even care if it's the same exact one that we had, um, yeah, or or it's the same exact journey every time for every person we talk to. I just really enjoy hearing other people talk about their journey, and well, I think um, a career story is a fascinating one. They always are, yeah, because it's, it's it's such it's a never... huge part of your life, um, yeah, and it's, it's like a it's, never... it's a culmination. You know, it's a right. culmination of everything that you've done in your life. Hopefully, it's a culmination <laughs> of everything you've worked for. Um, yeah. you know, sort of coming to fruition in, um, like in a way that is satisfying. I hope, Yeah, you know, like, I mean, I guess that's what everybody hopes for. Naturally. So but anyway, well, I, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think it's very, very interesting. Um, just the way those stories can go kind of come together. But yeah, no, I'm gonna, I want to look into these, uh, Computer science machine learning ones. There's one here that's, um, it looks like they focus on PyTorch and TensorFlow. Um, mm -hmm. And it's on that Plural site one that I had been looking at. Uh -huh. But it's just literally called machine learning literacy. 
Interesting. And it's like how to actually take the mathematical models and apply yes. them to things. And it's like, that's really, cause it's like, I don't need to learn technical details of how to, you know, extrapolate information from code. Like that, that part I can figure out how to do. It's the, what's the, like the underlying math of it all, right? What's, yeah. what well, is the science to it? That's the interesting, that's, it's weird. I did a, so I did a, I did a machine learning course. It was like an intro to machine learning sort of like, here's just like the math and how you do it with Python. Mm -hmm. And it made me, it made me realize that there, there. So let me, let me take one step back. Typically when I learn some new programming language or new, some, some new like framework or whatever, I'll like go do an intro, I'll get the basics and then I'll just kind of like build something with it. Yeah. And, and then like, that's all I need generally speaking. Um, you know, uh, I, the job I had before the one we, the one I have now, um, we used, uh, you know, symphony and angular and yeah. I did that for, you know, nearly five years. So that was the time when, um, uh, view came out. And mm -hmm. became really popular, so I never learned it. I heard about it, and I and I you know saw people talking about it, but I never learned it. Yeah. And coming to this job, um, that's like a big part of what we do every day. Oh yeah. Um, and so it's like you know you gotta kind of ramp up really quickly. And when you've been doing this a long time, it's like not too difficult. It just takes a little bit of time. But you know, within within a month or so, I, I got yeah. the the basic gist of um most the most of like the common topics. And then, you know, as time progresses, you learn about the little in idiosyncrasies and whatnot. But anyway, um, this was not like that at all. <laughs> um, taking that intro course was like, hey, here's some stuff that if you don't know, you're gonna have absolute, you're gonna be blind. But as yeah. you can see, you'll realize how much you don't know and how much you can't even figure out. Like, so that's where I'm at. Like I know, yeah. what, I know what the different like, there's like different, um, mathematical models that you can pass your data through. And I understand like what those models kind of sort of do to the data and how yeah. they come with it, come up to their statistical conclusions. Um, but I also, um, I also in knowing that know that I need like 12 more courses of, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what yet <laughs> before I'm going to so, be familiar enough to like start monkeying around with stuff on my own. <laughs> There's a neat, like, so I've kind of tinkered with some of this stuff before. Um, I don't even remember why. I think I was digging into it because I was getting really into cryptography mm. and parts. And there was a library that I stumbled onto the one day, which is PHP ML. Um, yeah. But it's a machine learning library for PHP. Yeah. And has a fair amount of stuff that it's been getting integrated in. Like it's got classifiers and it's got a mm -hmm. variety of other components. So it's, it's really neat how you can kind of, and you got to love names like multi-layer perceptron classifier. Like <laughs> I want to spend the next year just playing with things that like that naming is just so cool. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. Yeah. So th there's just some neat stuff. Uh, in all of that, but I, I, f I can totally see why you'd want to dig in and, and take that as your next kind of level. Yeah, but we should do that. I, 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 uh, I didn't mean to glaze over your statement of we should oh, find a course and do it together. Um, I, I think it'd be I want cool. to do that. I think it'd be awesome to do it together and that way we can yeah. like share notes and, and that's just you know, it. Help each other out and, yeah, exactly. Yes. Because sometimes it's really difficult when you do something on your own and maybe yeah. this is like a good way to cap off this episode. And so we started yes. talking about coronavirus and we got off into some more development topics, but let's go that's back to, point. uh, you know, social distancing and, you know, a lot of yes. people working from home who, who aren't necessarily used to that or a lot of us that do work from home and we're totally used to it and our lives feel exactly the same. Yes. Um, but, but at the same time, they're a little different. Um, maybe, you know, go out there and find a buddy and learn something really fun and cool. And, yeah. um, you know, use this time for positive. My, my, my wife was talking to me last night and she goes, you know, um, she goes, it's, it's amazing how, 
in times of crisis like this, and these aren't her exact words. This is just like how I'm paraphrasing her. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's amazing how in these times of crisis, people tend to um, become like nicer and more accommodating and yeah. just more pleasant and a lot of other things, you know, like you, you dig deeper into, into your, into your humanity, I guess. Um, you know, people around the neighborhood are waving more. We're not shaking hands or getting near each other, but yeah. <laughs> we're, we're waving more. Um, smiling. There's people at the grocery store that are striking up conversations and, and yeah. wishing you a good day and just all kinds was, of things. It was funny. My, my one friend on Twitter posted a thing saying he thinks there's going to be a rise in uh, front porches being constructed oh yeah <laughs> because people are going to want to hang out on their front porch and be like hey neighbor how's it going because you can also keep that safe distance yeah between you and them. exactly and i'm like eh, yeah i could see it <laughs> maybe maybe we'll i'll do our next episode from my front porch <laughs> Ooh, you know i've been saying to cassandra already i'm excited about being able to sit on our deck and code yeah. when summer hits yeah yeah um yeah it's definitely um it's been cold and rainy today, but yesterday it was beautiful. It was like, um, I don't know, maybe 20 degrees. In our temperature? 20 degrees. Or yeah, in, in your temperature. No, in your temperature. I'm talking. <sighs> That's shorts and t-shirt. Absolutely. No, it was oh, like, okay. go out in right, shorts no, and t-shirt. I'm, no, I, yeah. I, I, okay. I know Celsius. I know Celsius. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, I know how to convert in my head. <laughs> For the most Ooh, part, actually, I, I have a sense for it. I don't convert it with math. I just I, I yeah. keep a sense for what the temperature yeah. is. Um, and same thing when it comes to converting from like inches and feet to centimeters and and uh, and that's it. That's all you ever and, do. And Nobody does meters. Meters. I mean, <laughs> maybe if you're talking about how tall someone was. I, I mean, in it, that guy's so like in, that guy's in a, the like UK. A and a half. In the UK and in in Canada, it's really weird. You measure uh, all construction is is feet and inches period mm, mm -hmm. mostly because it's so shared and, and wood is shared between our two countries so it's inevitable that everything is measured the exact same everywhere uh that being said scientifically you use centimeter like you use metric yeah and when you're when you go to the doctor you're weighed in pounds but measured in in metric in centimeters wise yeah so you'd be you'll, you'll be like uh you are you know uh I don't know, however many centimeters or, or meter and inches or well depends because the doctors will document it like that but then they'll also tell you yeah you're 511 right and you're like for god's sake why can't we just do one why do we have to do some mystical combination of the two so 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 how tall are you i'm five foot eleven are you five eleven? Oh, gosh, I yeah. thought you're taller than that. I must be no. really, really short. <laughs> my driver's license says I'm five nine, but I doubt it. <laughs> uh, I think my driver's license says I'm. I want to say 186 centimeters is 186. Let me convert this quick. Uh, 86 cm two feet. Well, that would make me six foot ten. So that's not. Yeah, that's I think not probably real. like. 100 and yeah it's actually like 183 or so centimeters or no 180 centimeters would be 5.9 feet <sighs> feet two inches that's 70.86 inches and if i did 70 divided by 12 then i'm five foot eight three well that's not right anyway what i don't yeah. care this is too complicated. Yes, it's good. And you see why it's wrong. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just wrong. That's okay. Anyway. Um, so that's our math lesson for the episode. <laughs> in case anybody was This curious. is why you should work together. <laughs> yes. Um, so that being said, where can people have a Twitter beef with you? Oh, you can totally yell at me on Twitter at uh, Maddie Launce. That's with a Y in the middle. And L-A-N-T-Z. And, and how about Perfect. you? Uh, I am at underscore, underscore, no chill. The O is a zero. Um, good luck. <laughs> um, I'm almost never there, but if you message me, I will eventually reply. 
and probably heart whatever you say to me. <laughs> just because I know that those kinds of things matter to people and I just am here to make you all feel good. It's true. And we're here you, for you. And br bring, you, bring you the darkest of philosophies that will <laughs> send you into fits of uncontrollable existential angst. Oh yeah. Um, I've actually been, cons I've been uh, considering changing my Twitter handle. Ooh. Um, but then I thought, well, that would make it really easy for everybody. And it would be a lot of work because I'd probably have to go to like past episodes and uh, oh, change, yeah. change the, the, the description to a different thing. And then what if somebody Nobody takes, wants to do that. what if somebody steals my underscore underscore no chill, I would just die or something. There is a high probability of that not happening. There is, I bet. <laughs> um, maybe if the underscore no chill finally gives up the gold, I'll, uh, I'll steal it and take out one of those underscores just to make it a little easier for everybody. Yeah, that's funny. Um, cool. Anything else you'd like to share with everybody that, uh, that you'd like people to check out or anything you're working on? Not yet. There's a lot of things in progress over these next couple weeks while yeah. I hide from the world. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. maybe next time we can start talking about some of those things. I think that would be exciting. Oh yes. Cool. Well, uh, as always, it is a pleasure to take some time out and just chat with you and uh, kind of get, get a, get an alternate perspective on all kinds of stuff on existential issues. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally um, talking about talking about <laughs> life, the universe and everything. Word 42, 42, baby. <laughs> all right.